Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. All the little stresses that happen in our week, but God, God is at work. The kingdom of God is on, is on the move, and he is, he is at work in the restoration and renewal of all things that starts with us being renewed in his presence. Amen? So I'm just so thankful for them, but it's also important not just to be connected regionally, but it's important for faith to rise in our hearts, that we have, we each have a part in the kingdom, and just like they're trying, you know, John, I, I love that his story, I've, I've been, had the pleasure of trying to, of tracking with them over the last several years, and this started as a seedling that he had to contend for. And you have to know this today, you have to know this, that God, the kingdom of God often shows up like a seed and it must be cultivated, even when it is not easy. And even when you don't feel it, and even when you cannot see it, God, you are still working, right? And this is, the, if you remember nothing else, just remember that the kingdom of God comes as a seed, and it must be cultivated. Um, the way I see it is events like that, you know, obviously we can't, we, we can't gather 8,000 people every night of the year, right? You can't have these catalytic things. Yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, you know, we'll, we'll see a day when that happens. But from what we know in, in our experience, these catalytic, catalytic events show up in our lives. And I'm, I'm guessing for a lot of you in the room, you've had a catalytic event with God, with the Holy Spirit of God. Um, but how many of you know that, that when something is sparked, when a fire is sparked, it's not enough to sustain itself? It must be tended to, it must be cultivated. Okay, and this is so important. I love camping, I, and one of my favorite things about camping when I'm up there is pretending like I'm Bear grills and I can start a fire with anything, right? <laughs> and like I'm a survivor man, like I'm, I'm a wilderness man all of a sudden, you know? So I leave for a couple days in the mountains and this, this, this manly thing shows up. I'm trying to light fires. I'm trying to find trash and light a fire. And do you ever, you ever notice, like, when you, you know, you're starting to get a fire going, you got all the, like, the right pieces of paper and, you know, you know whatever, kindling, and, and you get it going, and that flame just kind of erupts, and you're like, yes, this is it, right? And then all of a sudden, it just starts kind of dwindling down a little bit, and the smoke starts coming up. You're like, no, 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 right? And you're trying to, desperately trying to, like, I, I, gotta, I gotta repair this, I gotta make it right. There is, there, is a similar, there is a similar thing in the kingdom of God, and this is what we miss, especially with a lot of revival language sometimes. We think that all we need is these huge things, and that's going to be enough to sustain us. It's not. And here's why. We do need the spark. We need the catalyzation of the Holy Spirit of God. But then the baton is passed to us to nurture and to cultivate and to respond and to order our lives in such a way where the spark of the Holy Spirit can be fanned into flame. And that's on us. So we order our lives into the rhythms of God. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. But with the renewing of our mind, right? And we renew our minds through conforming to the patterns of the kingdom. So there's patterns of life. So that's a, that's a whole other talk. Here's the deal. As we've, we've been in this longer conversation on Ephesians, which I love, and it's, it's amazing talking about the household of God, the family of God. This is an important thing for the church for the reason I just shared, when God comes and shows up, he then entrusts the church to live our lives with each other in such a way where the, the, the flame of God is, is fanned in each other's lives, right? And this is where, this is kind of the landing place when we come to the end of Ephesians. He, he, he flips a little bit. 
in his language, and he's starting to get more direct, and he's starting to get, uh, um, it's, it's becoming more of a mandate and a commissioning, so to speak, at the end of the book of Ephesians. And so Watchman Nee, uh, he, his, his beautiful um, uh, uh, synthesis of, of Ephesians is this. There's three postures through the book of Ephesians that teach us about life in the kingdom. The first is we sit. We are seated with Christ. The gospel and the ki- entering into the kingdom of God starts not with you doing something, but with you sitting down and receiving what has been accomplished for you in Christ. The whole Christian life is not about what we got right, but what God got right for us. So we, you sit your butt down in heavenly places, right? We are seated in heavenly places with Christ. But that's not unto passivity, Come on, it's not unto passivity. And so, so chapter one talks about seated in heavenly places. Chapter four, he starts to introduce, like we've talked about, but now we get to walk as children of light, walking in the spirit. So we're not just sitting in what God has done. Now we begin to walk in, in the life of the spirit. And so um, going to chapter four, chapter five, he starts to address those relationships, husbands and wives, children and parents, slaves and free. Now we know that that the, the, probably the better, the better metaphor for us today is employees, employers and employees, bosses and workers, that kind of thing. But he switches, he adds one more posture at the end in chapter six. So we sit with Christ, we walk in the spirit, and then what? Then we stand up. How many of you guys know that walking in the spirit, sitting with Christ, walking in the spirit, at some point there is going to be a requirement for all of us to contend for the things of God. And that requires a change of posture. And that requires a partnership, a fierce partnership, and a decision point in our spirit that I am not going to let the kingdom of darkness overwhelm me or the people I love or the world that I have been called to live in, but I am going to stand up in what God's given me to be sent into the world. Come on. Somebody clap to that. We'll clap again once we read the scripture here. I'm going to read a couple translations. And then when we're, going to, we're going to end our time praying for each other, contending in the Spirit for each other this morning. So just prepare yourself. Um, we'll break up into groups here in a little bit. We're actually going to pray for each other and the work of God, purposes of God in each other's lives. Now, if that's not your thing, just mentally prepare yourself because it's about to be your thing. Okay? And we're not going to, we're, we just lock the doors and so you're not leaving. <laughs> So here's how, the, the, in chapter 6, about halfway through, it starts like this. This isn't, this isn't what's going to be on the screen, so just listen to me first. Finally, this is a, in summary, Paul is saying to the church in Ephesus. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to, what? To stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now let me read from uh, uh, Eugene Peterson's paraphrase, which always has a way of opening up our imagination to the scripture in a new way. Here's, what, here's how he says it. Everybody stand up as we read this. Feel this. Receive this. In your gut, this is not meant to be up here. It's meant to be right down in here. Here's, here's how it says in the message paraphrase. He says this, and that about wraps it up. 
God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials and put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you could handle on your own. Take all the help you can get, every weapon God has issued, so that when it's all over, but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon in the same way. Prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. Somebody say amen in this place today. You can sit down. And this is, this is important for us as we learn to trust God, as we're being discipled by the Father and Son and the Spirit, that we have to understand that most of this life, it is, there is a contending that happens. There's a resting in, the, in, in who God is, but then there is a contending for who God is to be made manifest in our lives. Martin, Lloyd jo- uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones, the great Welsh preacher, he said this, there's no grosser or greater misrepresentation of the Christian message than that which depicts it as an offering a life of ease with no battle and struggle at all. Sooner or later, every believer discovers that the Christian life is a battleground, not a playground. And you guys got to understand that we know that there is joy, there's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Spirit, but it is held in this tension where there, there is a call on your life to contend for the things of God. And we live in a culture where increasingly it seems like we expect others to do that for us. But there's parts of the Christian life that God looks at you and says, this is your next step. This is how I want you to be obedient, to be submissive, to contend for the things of God. It's important to know this passage, I used to, you know, memories of growing up in Sunday school and we get out our swords and our helmets and our belts, you know, and just colored all this paper and you walk out. And, and you know, and I just remember, you know, the, all of those memories were about, okay, God's given me this stuff so I can, um, you know, I, I can fight for me. Like, I, I'm just gonna, I gotta try not to sin today, right? I'm gonna try to not mess up today. So it was very personal. It was very, the whole application of this passage of the full armor of God was just like, it's about me. But what I love about this passage is, it is, it is about me, it is about you, but it's in summary of everything he just laid out in this wonderful letter about what God is building in his house. How many of you know the full armor of God and your call to take that up isn't just about fighting for yourself. It's about contending for your brothers and sisters in the spirit. Your brothers and sisters here, but your neighbors, the ones that you have implanted into their lives. It's not just about taking up the armor so you don't biff it today. That's part of it. But it's about fighting and, and entering into the kingdom of light and taking the resources of heaven that he is giving to each and every one of us. Amen? And so we're, we're, we're called to not just fight for ourselves, but to contend for the unity of faith, to contend for unity with each other. It's a collective thing that we're talking about. We're fighting 
for what God is building. And what that is going to require is for each of us to take personal responsibility for this. Truth, righteousness, peace, and faith. Walking in the word and the spirit. It's really easy to do when you're up on a mountain with 8,000 people. You feel really righteous because you're in it together. And you should, I mean, it should, it should feel good, but come on, you guys know that part of the responsibility of walking this out is on a daily basis, waking up, reminding ourselves and what's true about God, and if this is true about God, then this is what's true about me. If he became sin that knew no sin, that I could become the righteousness of God, then I have all the righteousness I need today to be a victor, to, to win today, right? He's given me his truth and his spirit to lead me into all truth. So I can take that out. I, I think, though, um, what I found, it's easy at some point to believe that some of those things are, it's the job of the rest of the church to get you there, or we have to craft the right environments in order to get all of us there, okay? Um, I was listening to uh, Banning Leapshire recently. He's the pastor of Jesus Culture Church in Sacramento, and he was joking about that after they started their church, and it was kind of a small church just doing Sundays, and, and people would come up to him like, hey, you know, where's, the, where's all the small groups? How do I get connected? How do I, how do I go? And he's like, oh. He's like, what, what do you mean? He's like, well, what do you got? What do you got for me? You know, I, or, what do you have to get me to connect it? He said, well, you're more than welcome to talk to anybody in the room and, and figure out how to get connected. He's like, what do you, what do you want from me here? And he, he's, he's starting to notice this pattern. People come up to him, hey, where's your new believers class? Uh, you know, I, 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 don't, I haven't seen anything in the announcements. Where's, where's our new believers class? He said, our new believers class is in your living room. And you are officially anointed, father, you know, by the authority given to me. You know, you are anointed in the Father and the Son and the Spirit. You are now the leader of the new believers class in your very own living room. And he was kind of joking tongue-in-cheek. And obviously the, the point isn't that, you know, as the church... It is important, you know, we, we, we're always working on how do we create on-ramps and connections and, and find ways to facilitate environments where God is at work. And I'm really excited about some of the stuff we're working on. But the point is this, it's, it's so important that in seasons where there's not something a good fit, if, if it doesn't feel like you found your fit in the body or the perfect set of environments for you to come alive, that even seasons like that, we can rejoice because in seasons like that, we can rejoice that God is teaching us to become dependent on him as our source and our resource. I love hearing stories of the church, underground church in China and them walking miles just to receive communion. And I guarantee you, they're not trying to figure out how to get connected or how to, you know, or what's the next latest program or the conference because something inside of them is like, I don't care what anybody else is doing. This is what my heart is set to do because this is what God has called me into. And there's, I guarantee, no, tra- no chance that they came to receive communion and then they, you know, somebody asked them, hey, how was communion? Oh, it was okay. It was okay. I would have preferred a different kind of juice or, you know, bread or, the, you know, that kind of thing. But sometimes we catch ourselves doing that. Ah, the worship, it was, it was better last week. It was better last year when we had that, that worship leader. Oh, really? Okay. So here's the good news. You are called to be your own worship leader, right? So, so the good news is like if worship for you wasn't as good as it was last week, the good news is this. I read in the scripture that God put a new song in your mouth too. That's pretty cool. So 
we don't get to rely on Piper and Mike and Mark or whoever is leading us in worship. They're facilitating a moment, but you're the worship leader. You're your own worship leader. You get to take responsibility for the fact that God has deposited a song inside of your heart, and you get to show up ready to release it and not wait for somebody else to try to get that out of you. (laughs) Well, I like that speaker way better than this speaker. I didn't connect with them as much. Well, that's wonderful. It sounds like God is growing you up so you can go and actually teach yourself from the Word of God and the Holy Spirit well, is, is apparently is wanting to lead you into all truth so you don't have to rely on all these other voices, but he wants to open up the word of God for you in a fresh way so that you can, be tr- you can become, become mature and no longer rely on milk, but can actually enter into consuming the meat of the spirit, right? I, I talked to somebody a while back, like, oh man, I just, just, wish, uh, just wish we were doing some more outreach. I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah I, I get that. Like, outreach is awesome. I'm like, yeah, I just, I just wish we were doing more outreach because I really want to reach my neighborhood. And it's like, so, so help me understand here because it sounds like you're waiting for someone to put together a program together for you to be obedient to what God's calling you to do. It sounds like God is stirring something up in you to go minister to your neighbors, Right? But sometimes we get stuck because we're waiting. It's not a perfect moment. It's not a perfect environment. We don't feel like what we need. Welcome to the kingdom life. You never feel like you have what you need. <laughs> and so, so that's why there's this encouragement. Wake up. Put on the full armor of God. You have your righteousness for today. You have your truth for today. You have your salvation for today. What else are you going to need, right? We get to wake up. We get to start responding to life in the kingdom. And along the way, we do create environments. We do create structures for us to, to flourish and to thrive. But can you, can, you sense, can you sense Paul's tone of voice, though? Like, you are called to stand, and not just to stand for yourself, but to stand and to contend. So that way, that means when we come into the room, when we gather together, we're not waiting for somebody else to do something. We're coming up full of life in the Spirit so we can leak and spill out into everybody else we're with. Yeah? And so that's what's super exciting for me because as he ends, he's saying, listen, all of this begins with prayer, developing a life of prayer. And I'll tell you, in, in a few weeks, we're going to be starting um, uh, for the rest of 2019 as a leadership. We just sense really clearly that the Lord is calling us to, to, to develop and to work out our prayer muscles as a church the, the things that we're talking about, when he says pray in the Spirit at all times. This all starts with praying and being, have a life of communion with God and knowing how to be with Jesus, both for intercession but also for abiding so that we together can raise the water level in our own lives, raise the water level in our church and in our whole region. It doesn't take many people, but it takes a remnant of people to start doing that. And it's something that I, I really have a lot of sense and faith in my heart that God, it's, it's going to be a launching point for us um, as a community, as we respond to this invitation from the Lord. Because he says, pray in the Spirit at all times. Pray for the saints. Praying at all times in the Spirit and with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And this is a big deal, and this is kind of where I want to land today in the room. Um, part of our responsibility, even as we gather, is to, this word supplication is, is basically a contending word, where we get to 
look each other in the eyes, we get to connect with each other and say, I'm going to use all the resources of heaven that God's given me to bring to bear upon your life so that, the, so that you can have the same access. And so here's what, here's what we want to do. Are you guys with me this morning? Okay. We're going to transition really quick, so you guys got to stay, stay here. Stay present. Um, let's all stand up across the room. And uh, as a response to this passage, as a response that we have been given all things in Christ, that God is strong in you. He is strong in you. You have been given what you need in the Spirit of God. Now, that doesn't, you don't always feel like it. It's okay. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to have a bad week. It's okay to have a bad day. But we, we are constantly renewing our minds with what's true about reality and about us even on days where we're not feeling it and we're not sensing it, okay? And then God gives us to each other, even when we're not feeling it, to just, to just build us up and to, to usher us into that. Are you guys with me? So this might take a moment for us to enter into this, but here's, here's the invitation for today, and I believe this is a response, and I believe God's gonna meet you powerfully, meet us powerfully in this place. I wanna invite you to, to, to join with two other people, okay? So groups of three. You might not know the people that you're with, this might be your first time. This might totally weird you out. We promise to not be super weird. We will be kind of weird, okay? <laughs> um, but here's, here's, here's the invitation. Introduce yourself. Get your names. Maybe just give, if there's something in your life that you need breakthrough in right now, maybe it's physical healing. Maybe it's just, gosh, something at work. Uh, something about just discerning what God's doing in your life. Maybe it's a relational thing. Just quickly share. Don't take too long, okay? Because I know you guys, we could actually be here for an extra hour just sharing about life, and that's totally possible, okay? I'm talking like a 30-second update and where you're at. And that might be nothing. You might say, you know, I'm going to pass. I'm not going to share. I just want to receive prayer. That's totally fine. It's totally accessible, okay, for where you're at. But after you guys connect for a moment, I want you to take turns actually praying. Some of you will pray in the Spirit of God, right? Use your prayer language if you have that. Others, just begin to invite God to speak to you about the people that you're praying with, and maybe he'll give you a picture or a word for them that you can begin to submit to them and offer to them. Maybe God is speaking. Um, But the bottom line is this. We want everybody in this place to not leave today until we feel like, God, until, until we connect to the fact that God has put these people in my life for today to build me up in the Spirit of God so that we can leave more sons and daughters of God than when we came in. That we can leave more in the power and in, in faith than when we got here today. We can become more of who we actually are in God. Are you guys with me? Okay. Everybody put your hand in. Count, count of three. Go team. <laughs> Three, two, one, go team! That was super cheesy, I'm sorry. Hey, meet with each other and just go for it.